Hey guys, it's Pastor Jay Morgan, uh, Director of the Appalachia Prayer Center Ministries and uh, the West Virginia Prayer Alliance. I am so excited uh, to talk to you today on this episode of Stay Focused. Um, this is our sixth episode. Uh, today we're going to talk about um, Know Your Place, and I'm going to get into that in just a minute. Uh, just want to kind of timestamp a couple things later on for for podcast purposes when people are uh, listening through audio. Uh, what, I just want to mention that this is March the 30th, 2020. Right now, um, the uh, the nation and uh, over 150 countries in the world are grappling with a, a pandemic, um, uh, a disease called COVID-19 brought on by a novel coronavirus. There's, there's so many things unknown about this. Uh, many people are sick. Um, worldwide, uh, many people have died from this. And at the time of this recording, the, the, uh, the U.S. is actually in the middle of, of somewhat of a quarantine. Uh, mo some states even more severe than others. West Virginia is in a, pretty much an essential business-only status. And as um, governments are attempting to just control this, the outbreak of this, um, this disease. Uh, in the middle of all this, we, we have uh, economy up and down as millions of people are quarantined. Many are losing their jobs. Many uh, are unable to go to work. Most are unable to go to work right now. A lot of uncertainty. Um, a couple of weeks ago, as this started, the Lord gave us a vision with the West Virginia Prayer Alliance to start an, an initiative, which we did all last week. Um, where 12 hours a day we were hosting live worship and intercession, people from their homes leading worship, people from their homes leading intercession, some Bible teaching and preaching as well. Uh, last week, wow, wow, uh, I just, I just want to just take a minute and brag on the folks across the state of West Virginia. I say it often, in the middle of these uncertain times, there are three things that I am certain of. Number one, God is still in control. He's out in heaven wringing his hands. Uh, he, God, is still in control. Number two, Jesus is still Lord. And number three, there is still a praying church in West Virginia and across this nation. I'm proud to be part of it. Last night, I spent a few minutes on a Zoom call with so many of the leaders who helped make this last week possible. Um, there are over 53 people involved. They filled 120 half-hour time slots last week. 53 people filled a 120 half-hour time slots and let uh, thousands of people all over in uh, over 60 hours of worship and intercession in last week. And man, we did it all day uh, again today, all day long. I have just been encouraged by the worship leaders, uh, the the, uh, the Bible teachers, the, the Christian counselors, the uh, prophetic artists, uh, the intercessors. Um, that just have poured their gifts out and have been an encouragement to so many in this initiative we call Hope and Light WV. Um, so in the middle of that, I've, I've began um, a podcast I've been wanting to do for a while called Stay Focused because it's, it's so important that we focus on what's important, uh, particularly when the world is in chaos. It's important to stay focused. One of, one of my favorite verses is, is in the book of Hebrews that says, uh, don't grow weary in doing well, because in due season you will reap if you don't faint. It's 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 um, it's interesting to me how that we have to encourage each other to do well. Like doing the wrong thing comes natural. Doing the wrong thing's pretty easy, but we have to be intentional about 
doing the right things and encouraging each other toward those right things. This is what I've been wanting you to do. Uh, I've been wanting to do rather is just encourage you toward right things during this time of quarantine. Now, many people, myself included, believe that that during this quarantine, that millions of people all over the U.S. are in, that God is God is not at a loss. He's actually using this to call His church into the secret place. Many of us have more time than we've ever had. I mean, we have seen entertainment shut down. Uh, all sports are shut down in this nation. Uh, Hollywood isn't releasing. Uh, movie theaters are closed down. TV shows aren't releasing new episodes. Like everything uh, is, is shut down right now, including um, large church gatherings. Uh, uh, ten, 10 or less is what they recommend. So nearly all churches are not meeting, uh, but only online. So my, my point is, and many others have continued to underscore this point, that God wants to bring us into the secret place. Now, I want to strongly encourage you to go listen to the last two episodes to stay focused. In episode four, I talked about the vital importance of prayer in all times, but particularly in this time. Episode five, I talked about how it is that we have communion with God. Man, I so much want to reteach that, but 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 I can't because I want to get into this uh, today, which is building upon the last two, really uh, all, all of the previous episodes. So uh, find those, uh, hunt those up on the West Virginia Prayer Lines page. I hope soon to have an audio podcast of all of them in one place where you can find it. But right now, I just I want to shift our attention to this this topic of know your place. Now, I have been a pastor for nearly twenty years. I've been in in a public pulpit ministry, leading uh, groups of people uh, for nearly thirty years. This year, I make thirty years of doing that, and I have had literally hundreds of people, maybe thousands of people, inquire and ask me, "What does God want from me?" Like. What is God's desire for my life? And in times like this, those questions, I think, often uh, creep up even more and more. Uh, let, let me just begin uh, by, by having us read a verse that uh, when they ask Jesus, what is the most important thing? Notice this in Matthew 22, 37 through 40. They asked him, what, what is the most important commandment uh, in the law? What does God want from us? And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now, so many times when we think about what God wants from us, we think about it in terms of ministry to other people. Uh, what does God want me to do? Uh, usually in relation to the church, community, others. And, and I, listen, first and foremost, let me, let me just tell you that, that we are saved to do good works. Uh, Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 says our good works do not save us, right? But verse 10 says that you are saved to do good works. In other words, my good works uh, does not save me, but because I am saved, there is a work that God wants for me to do. So I am 100% supportive with the fact that God calls us to be his hands and feet. He calls us to do things in this world. But however, our first place, according to the verse, the first thing he desires from us is to love, for us to love him while all of our, our heart, soul, mind, and strength. So I want to say, first and foremost, our, our place, listen to me carefully, is at the feet of Jesus in prayer, 
in worship. Now, now some of you are just going to tune out on me here because see, you're maybe by nature you're a task-oriented person or by nature you're an extrovert and you just really feed off of social interaction, being around people. And but, but listen to me carefully. Jesus said, to love God first, then love your neighbor as you love yourself. It's, it's, not, it's not either or, but it's first, then second. Did you understand this? It's not either, you know, passionately love God, be with him, or serve the world around you. It's what's first and what's second, not either or. So the first and greatest commandment is to, to be with the Lord. I want to tell you to be with the Lord in private. And when um, quarantine is lifted, be with the Lord with other people. Jesus talked about the power that, that happens when people gather in his name. And I'm not just talking about gather to, 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 to sing and worship or to hear some preaching. I'm talking about gathering to pray. Uh, when you read in the book of Acts, the majority of, of the corporate gatherings that's listed in the book of Acts, what the people did was pray. They sought the will of God more first and foremost, above anything else, they sought the will of God. When they were being persecuted, they met and prayed. When Peter was in prison, they met and prayed. When they needed power, they met and prayed. When they were waiting for the Holy Spirit, they wait, tarried, and, and prayed. Now, let me encourage you to go back to episode five and listen to, as I talk about Terry, that Greek word, kathizo, which literally means to settle down in his presence. See, I'm going to just say that our first and foremost place is to give God love, to learn his heart, to feel his desires, to hear his direction. See, Colossians 1.16 says we were made by Jesus for Jesus. So he didn't just make you to do things. He first made you to be his. The first commandment, commandment the first and greatest commandment is to love God. Then love your neighbors, you love yourself. Now, I, I want to go through several things because like always, I have more content than I have time. But let me encourage you right now to remember Mary. Let, let, let me just read some thoughts that I have on this. Remember Mary pouring all she had on the feet of Jesus, John 12, right? But now also remember Judas scolding her. Judas used Jesus' own teaching on caring for the poor. Because Jesus said to, to care for the poor. Jesus said to, to feed the hungry, to visit those in prison, to, to you, you know, all those commands that Jesus gave. So Judas used Jesus' own words to discourage Mary's extravagant worship. Judas said, why, why are you letting her just waste this? We, we could have taken this and sold it and given it to the poor. Right? Remember, using Jesus' own words to discourage Mary's extravagant, costly worship. And remember Jesus' correction. Jesus didn't, Jesus didn't correct him by saying, well, you shouldn't care for the poor. You should only be with me, Mary. No, he said, you always have the poor with you. In other words, there will be a lot of opportunity to serve and do good works. But right now, the right thing for Mary to do is to give me costly, extravagant worship. Now, let me just test your thinking for just a minute. In today's culture, prior to three weeks ago, one of the most valuable things any of us had would be Tom, Right? I mean, honestly, more than anything, because we have thousands of things grappling for our time and our attention. 
And so if I give you my time, if I give you 30 minutes, if I give you an hour, I'm taking that away from other things. I'm taking that away from other people. I'm taking it away from my family. I'm taking it away from other ministry. I'm taking it away from other people, my job. So I'm taking that away from rest. So if I give you time, that is a costly thing to me. Right now, many of us are finding ourselves with ample amounts of time. So what are we going to do with that? So I'm going to say to you, here's, here, here's my bottom line. I'm going to say to you, that one of the most costly things we can do with our time right now is to pour it out in worship and prayer. And that's why so many people are reluctant to do it. It almost feels like a waste of time to spend hours at the feet of Jesus when there's so much good to be done, when there's so many, uh, um, so many people to be prayed for and healed and the gospel to be preached and all of these things. Now, hear me clear. All of those things are a commandment, but they're a secondary commandment. The first is to love God all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So in that moment, in that moment, Mary chose to do the right thing first, which was to pour costly worship, extravagant worship out on Jesus' feet. So I wanted to say to you, when we get this place right, so what is our place? At his feet, in worship, in prayer. Last two episodes, I, I just taught you a lot of things to do to, to develop this communion with God, to develop this intimacy with God. What do you do when you're actually alone with the Lord? So I'm not going to get into all that. Go back and listen to those. See, see, we, we, we just talked about the great commandment, and that is to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Now, now, notice this. Now, Jesus, I, I want to read this first. I want us to read this first together. John 5, 19 through 20. Jesus, Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son also does. In other places, Jesus said, I only speak what I hear my father saying. So how is it that Jesus could discern and see what the father was doing, hear what the father was saying? It's because he knew how to spend time with the father first and foremost. Does this make, does this make sense? I only do what I see my father doing. See, sometimes doing for the Lord becomes an idol to us. And here's how you know it is. When he tells you to wait, or maybe you're in a church environment and the leaders God has put in your life has told you to wait, to prepare yourself, to grow, and you can't wait, there is a possibility that serving has become an idol, that you're getting something, and I know this is tough truth, but you got to listen to me, that you're getting something from the service itself that you should be getting from the act of serving that you should be getting from the heart of the Father. I'm not saying that, that you're, you're corrupt and all your motives are evil and bad, but I'm just saying that it's very subtle that ministry and doing can actually replace intimacy with the Lord. I'm not the First to say it, but I'm going to say it again. Doing for the Lord can replace being with the Lord. And being with him first is the first commandment. Now, I, now I, I, I just want to say for every Christian who does too much, now there's probably a thousand who do too little. But just because it's a good thing doesn't mean, I've heard John Bevere talk about this, which is good versus God. Just because it's a good thing doesn't mean it's God's thing for you. 
Now, we know in the Word that the general, God's general will for us is explained. Jesus taught us this. If you want to know the will of God, Jesus said, listen to me. I'm going to tell you what God wants. So Jesus' teaching explains to us that the general will of God, but being with the Lord, listening to the Lord, will then clarify what his specific will is for your life. Let me give you an example. Jesus told us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. But remember, like Paul, in prayer and discerning the Holy Spirit's voice, we get a specific assignment. Go to this place. Go to that place. So while the written word would give us the general assignment, being with the Lord would give us our specific assignment. And again, there's a lot of good things, but it's not the God thing for your life. How will you know this? I only do, be like Jesus, I only do what I see my Father doing. And it's in the secret place, it's in intimacy that we learn His specific will for our life in a particular season of our life. Now, I'm going to go through three things real quick, and I'm going to try not to go over, but I'm going to go real fast. I want you to get this. Number one, Your assignment from God should flow from your identity. Okay, God created Adam in his image, and and, and Scripture says, when given the genealogy, the book of Luke says that Adam was the son of God. Now, he wasn't the son of God in in the same way that Jesus was, and we don't have time for this theology lesson. Jesus was begotten, not made, but Adam was the first made son of God. And so God created him in his image, called him son, first, and then gave him an assignment, rule, subdue, right? So your identity, uh, your excuse me, your assignment should flow from your identity. If you get this confused, then you'll start looking to, to your ministry, you'll start looking to the assignment to give you a sense of worth, to give you fulfilled. That's why there's a lot of people in ministry that if they don't get the right feedback, if they don't get the right people interacting, if they don't get the right applause, the, the right thank yous, the right hand claps, every time they do something, then they're shook to the core. They go home, they beat themselves up for days or weeks. They question themselves constantly. But listen, if you are first and foremost secure in your identity as a son or daughter of God, and you know that the Father has asked you to do something, You just do it. And at the end of the day, if people are encouraged by it, good. If they are mad or angry with you uh, over it, it, that doesn't affect you long term. It might momentarily set you back because we have these human emotions we deal with. But as, as you go to bed at night, if your identity is square with the Lord and you know you've done what he has asked you to do, even if man, even if man rejects you over it, and you know it's the will of God, you just lay your head down at the end of the day and you rest because your assignment is flowing from your identity. And I wish I could preach an hour on this, but often we look at ministry um, as a way to make us feel worth or feel fulfilled or give us some sense of security in the world. And we look at that, and when honestly, all of that should come from our relationship as a with God, as a son or daughter of God, and then he gives us uh, uh, assignments. Uh, and understand that God's first and foremost, the book of Romans tells us that God saved us to conform us into the image of his son. So before he asks you to do anything, he wants to make you like Jesus. He wants you to know you're a son, a daughter made in his image, reborn because of Jesus in the image of God, and then he can give you assignments. 
And I just pray right now that God would break many of us, that he would break our addiction to ministry and give us a holy obsession with his face, and then he can trust us with even more ministry. But you get to the point where you're not defined by it. You don't, you don't quote, unquote, need it uh, uh, for you to, be, to, to feel validated as a person, and then the Lord can trust you with more. See, when Adam was in the garden, God gave him a job to do, but he partnered with God with ten in the garden. But when the fall came, when the curse came, notice the ground would no longer cooperate, but Adam would actually toil and labor and even curse the ground to try to get it to produce. And for many of us, that's what ministry has become. It's become cursing the ground, trying to get it to bear fruit. It's, it's not partnering with the Lord. It's some... Uh, labor that's um, induced by the curse of trying to force fruit in our lives. But when we become confident in our role and relationship as a, a son or daughter of God, then we learn to be seated with the Lord. Now, now listen, I, I am not saying, I, I just want to say to you that I, what I'm not saying is that God will never ask you to do something difficult. No, oh, no, no, no. Paul, who taught us the most about our assignment and identity with the Lord, had difficult assignments from the Lord. He was in jail and prison and beaten, and shipwrecked. But he learned a secret, and that was he was more fascinated with Jesus than he was his ministry. And so even when he was in prison and couldn't minister to others, he learned his contentment with the Lord. And then the Lord then gave him a new assignment, gave him a pen, he began writing. And what we have is most of the, the New Testament came from a change of assignment when Paul could no longer minister to people, he began writing. But if in Philippians, Paul reveals the condition of his heart, he was content with Jesus. Uh, today, uh, one of our uh, intercessors and prophetic worshipers here and prophetic painters here in the state of West Virginia, Dusty Smith, uh, she had this word from the Lord as she shared with many of us and how that during this time of quarantine and being away with the Lord in a secret place that God is giving assignments. I just wrote it back as a Dusty. Well, this is so in line with what I'm saying. Many of us, God has given us assignments, but he is cultivating us now in this, this secret place. And he is highlighting these assignments to us. And as we come out, okay, and when it is time to work and do, what God has cultivated in us right now will bear, will, will bear fruit. But don't grow weary. Don't grow weary in this season. Man, there's so much I could share here, but I, I want to, to real quick go to my second point. Number one, assignment flows from identity. Two, assignment flows from relationship. Notice this. In John 21, Peter, Jesus asked Peter, Peter, do you love me? Man, I want to preach on this a while because you need to understand that this interaction was the first interaction that Jesus and Peter had after Jesus, after Peter betrayed Jesus, fled, ran. Uh, Peter did see the empty tomb and stuff, but see, Peter returned back to his old life. And Peter was back fishing again. Jesus came in the shore. Uh, I won't get into all that reading in John 21. Uh, Peter... Uh, saw it was Jesus, uh, he swam the shore to be with Jesus. Jesus did, 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 did not point fingers at him. He, he fixed him breakfast. And then he looked at Peter and said, Peter, do you love me? And Peter said, Lord, you, I love you. And then he asked him again, 
and then a third time. But then, but then he would say, feed my sheep. So the first question is, do you love me? See, God wants you to, to love him. God wants to develop this relationship with you first. He wants to, by pulling you into the secret place, the Lord isn't being mean to you. Many of you, the Lord has you in training right now, and you will not submit to the training because you're so busy trying to prove that you still have something to offer. Listen, the Lord knows you have something to offer, but what he wants to do, he wants to cultivate you right now. He wants to sharpen your sickle. He wants to hone your skills right now. And more than anything, he wants to cultivate our love relationship with you, and then from that, from that love relationship, then your service will not be misplaced. But see, because if I serve because I love people, when people frustrate me, I stop serving them. When I'm angry at them, because I promise I don't care how much you love people, you'll have days when you don't love them. And so then your service starts being dependent on people's response to you. But if you serve See, I preach the gospel because I love Jesus, and he loves the world, and he told me to. First and foremost, that's why I preach the gospel. If I only preach the gospel because I love people, I would stop preaching when people frustrated me, when I was upset with people. But because I love Jesus and he asked me to do it, I will keep doing it despite your response to it. Does that, does that make sense? I hope it does. Maybe you need to go back and just listen to this because, I mean, I know I'm giving you a lot, and, and I'm going to to um, move to the third category, but there's so much I want to say about this, uh, so much that tomorrow I'm going to continue this about uh, when when you're truly operating from a seated place and your service is flowing from your identity as a son, your relationship by loving Jesus, then it changes the way you approach it. You, you don't have to make your own way. You don't have to push. You don't have to grab. But that's for tomorrow. Let me just keep going. See, if, if your service flows out of love for Jesus, it won't be misplaced. I'm going to tell you, so many people confuse personal, personal ambition for ministry. But if your assignment, your ministry is flowing from being a son or daughter of God and out of your love relationship with him, then it keeps it centered in the right place. The third thing I want to say and this time, it's so important. And I'm going to go real quick, but assignment must flow from trust. See, we have to listen to what God is saying do and do that. We have to see what God says, uh, what God is doing and do that and not be swayed by our emotions or our feelings and just what we think is a good idea to do. Re remember, um, uh, and, and even if I go over a minute or two, I, I got to get you this one, okay? Uh, Pastor Rich is going to follow me. Pastor Rich, just give me a minute or two more, okay? And I want you guys to tune in to Pastor Rich when I'm finished because he's going to preach the gospel. I want you to start watch parties and invite unsafe friends. But just give me one or two minutes. Actually, give me about four or five extra minutes, Pastor Rich. I promise I'm going to wrap this up. But someone needs to, needs to, to, to hear this. Someone needs to know this. See, when Jesus said, I only do what I see my father doing, you have to understand the context of that. Jesus had just healed the, 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 the lame man that was by the pool. And notice there were all these sick people around, but Jesus healed one. And then later on, Jesus said, I only do what I see my father doing.
See, if that had been me, man, and depending on your spiritual gifts, you would approach that situation a little different. Some of my spiritual gifts, man, I, I would have, uh, I would have used that as a teaching opportunity. I would have then gave this the, the the disciples an assignment to go find some some people to heal. Uh, some of you, I mean, your gifts of administration would have kicked into place, and you would have divided the people by severity of need. You would have divided the people by category. And okay, uh, John is pretty good about healing blind people, so you gather over here. And 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 uh, some of us, our mercy gifts can even comprehend the fact that Jesus stepped over sick people and healed the one. But see, Jesus did exactly what the Father highlighted in that moment. See, we have to trust the Father. And the Father says, wait, we wait. And the Father says, go, we go. Remember that Jesus said that the good thing is that Mary is with me right now. But other times, notice this, other times, a guy couldn't even go bury his dad because Jesus is like, no, I'm going now. And you now we have to go now so which is it to sit at his feet relaxed or are we moving so quick that we can't even go have funerals jesus let me give you the answer to that it's whatever he's asking in the moment now let that sink in how are you going to know what he's asking in the moment if you can't discern his voice how are you going to discern his voice if you never if you're never still and quiet and alone with him and so go, go back and listen to, uh, to the episode when I, when I teach you how to listen to the voice of God over the last two days. This is so vitally important. See, I, I've heard it said um, that Jesus, you know, would pray for six hours, but then he could cast a demon out in two minutes. We, on the other, other hand, want to pray for two minutes and then we spend six hours and still can't cast the demon out. Or, or like this, the early church prayed for 10 days, preached for 10 minutes, and thousands were saved. We want to pray for 10 minutes, preach for 10 days, and wonder why we don't get the results. See, what I can tell you is that if you learn to let your assignment flow out of the secret place, you will have a better success rate. I, I just need to say that again. If the assignment flows out of the secret place, you'll have a better success rate. See, because you can labor and build a house. You can build a great house. But if God doesn't build that house, you have labored in vain. It will not, it will not stand the test of time. So I want to, I want to encourage you. Those of you, particularly those of you in, uh, that, that are young in ministry, listen to me carefully. You can do this a hard way or you could do it the, the easy way. The hard way is do it yourself. Do it based on your gifts. Do a good idea. Find a good idea and just do it. And you can work and labor. You can build a house. But, the, but then, then, then it will be tested by fire. I promise you this. But the easy way seems like the hard way, but it's actually the easy way. Wait. Allow the Lord to train you, to test you. Allow your assignments to flow out of the secret place. And while it might be a slower build, it will be a house that is built that will stand Learn, learn, learn from those of us who've made those mistakes. What is the Father doing? Do that. How will you know what the Father is doing if you don't learn to discern his voice and listen to his voice? How will you ever hear his voice if you're never in the secret place? So I just want to tell you this right now, and this is how I'm going to, to wrap up. Someone came to Mother Teresa one time, and they had sold everything they owned and went to Calcutta to minister with Mother Teresa. And she was kind of talking to them, and they said, you know, I'm doing pretty good right now, but I just need clarity. And she said, no, 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 you don't need clarity. See, so many of us, we just say, Lord, we need clarity. We need to see our way on the other side of this crisis, this coronavirus outbreak. We need to know what the economy is going to be. Lord, give us clarity. Mother Teresa said, you don't need clarity, you need trust. 
I preached this one time, and a guy just came up right after me right afterwards, and he just put his finger right in my face. He only been saved a year or two, and he said, I disagree with you that on that. I need clarity. I said, no, brother, you don't, because if you need clarity in order to make a move, you will stay stuck in life. You must trust. Get this. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because I have clarity. No, that isn't what it said. It's the valley of the shadow of death. It's dark. It's dreary. One step to the left, you go over a cliff. One step to the right, it's, uh, it's uncertainty. Uh, what's in the valley of the shadow of death? Things that kill us. How can we navigate this? And we're screaming to God, give me clarity, clarity, clarity. Turn the light on. Give me out of the shadows. And what God is saying to us is you don't need clarity. The only thing you need in this moment, and I want to say this to everyone, whether you're looking for assignment or not, I'm just going to tell you right now what you need right right now is to to know that the shepherd is near you and trust him when he says step step when he says stop stop when he says train train when he says breathe breathe when he says hold your breath hold your breath when he says run run why because he has navigated this valley before successfully. Jesus has made his way through the not just the shadow of death, but through death itself, and he stands victorious with the keys of death, hell, and the grave, and he can lead us through this. So I just pray right now, Lord, that your church would learn to trust you in this moment like no other, and that we would get close to your heart, and while our, our flesh screams for clarity, the only thing we have to do is know that you're near us you, hear you, can you, I know this is weird for some of you, but can you smell him? Can you feel his subtle movements? Wait for him. Learn to trust. Move when he says move. Breathe when he says breathe. Wait when he says wait. And let God build the house. I appreciate you. I appreciate the extra minutes tonight. Join back with me tomorrow as I continue in this vein of teaching is when you know your place, it changes everything. I love you. I, th I hope this has been a blessing for you, and I hope that you'll join us again. As I end, go back over to the West Virginia Prayer Alliance page, watch Pastor Rich as he gets ready to preach the gospel. Start a watch party. Let people hear about the power of the cross. You guys take care.